Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. I'm Brielle Jekyll, as always, the Associate Editor of Food Logistics and SDCE, and today we have another episode on technology in the supply chain. This episode, I'm talking machine learning with an executive from Blue Yonder. He explains how the supply chain industry uses machine learning and what about the pandemic has changed that and how else we can be tapping into this technology. So let's link into that conversation now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining with me today. I am here with Felix Wick, who is the Group Vice President of Data Science at Blue Yonder. Hi, Felix. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Hi, thanks for having me. So I wanted to bring you on to talk a little bit about machine learning. I know it's becoming a huge thing in the supply chain industry, and it really touches all facets of business, but I wanted to dive in on how the supply chain specifically is using of machine learning. Can you give me some some background into how the supply chain is using machine learning right now? Of course. Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, the supply chain is really a nice spot for machine learning applications. So mainly because uh, there's really lots of data available. So why are the different levels of the supply chain? And there are also plenty of use cases. So that means all the different kind of machine learning that you, that you might have heard of. So all of uh, supervised learning mainly, but also unsupervised learning methods, reinforcement learning methods even, so maybe more for the future, but all these kind of things you could use in, uh, in different applications. And looking into the future, this also comes together to some degree. So that means uh, the different independent uh, applications will at some point also play together in the supply chain, which makes this really a, a very nice playground for all different kinds of machine learning applications or a bit broader data science applications, including all the statistical methods around optimization and so on. So that means uh, for now, I would say uh, the, the main thing is still that you see uh, several really kind of independent applications on the, on the different uh, use cases in the supply chain. So if you think, for example, about uh, the whole retail business, so there is, of course, uh, lots in there because this is kind of the immediate signal that you get from, uh, from all the customer demand. So that means there, the main use case, I would say, as, all, as over the whole supply chain, I would say this is one of the main use cases, is of course, uh, about demand forecasting. So that means this is kind of a kind of classic uh, supervised learning approach where you have a regression. So that means you are basically predicting the demand uh, with the proxy of, and uh, on the retail side of just the customer demand, so to say. So the point of sale, and then if you go higher up in the supply chain, you see this also on the different levels. So for example, why are the, uh, the demand from a, uh, uh, from a retailer to a manufacturer or something like that? So that means, um, so there the demand would be kind of orders, but you see this all over the place. So that means this forecasting uh, is definitely one of the, the main applications, I would say, because you use it then also subsequently in, uh, in many other, um, decision-making uh, processes, so like uh, a probabilistic order optimization or replenishment or initial buy, fulfillment in any kind, right? But also in demand shaping processes like price setting or clearance pricing 
or even in labor planning in stores or stock allocation around stores or space allocation in stores. So all these kind of things basically build upon, upon demand forecasts. And mm -hmm. so there are a few things that are important. So that means uh, that you have kind of full probability distributions, but also that you have the causal structure somehow in. But I would say this is uh, definitely one of the um, main applications. And then in retail, you have also uh, something like inventory estimation, of course, is important for the very same reasons that I mentioned for demand forecast. So it comes together. And um, then even though, even on the complete customer side, something like customer targeting, um, and if you go out of retail on the manufacturing side, so there you, um, besides the thing that I mentioned on the demand forecast as well, you have there also several other opportunities like predicting the, uh, the supply chain parameters, for example, if you think of things like yield or lead times, so really enabling, enabling dynamic planning. So uh, this is uh, also supervised learning or the prediction of exceptions in the supply chain, like stockouts or supply shortages, something like that, or then kind of assisting the planning process with root card analysis. So if you have uh, explainability or recommendations for resolutions, so this is uh, this is something on the, on the manufacturing side that is very important and on the logistics sides, of course, as well. So there, if you think of things like predicted time of arrival or transportation delays or something like, um, carrier performance or something like that right so that means all these are kind of uh, supervised learning approaches mm -hmm. some of them in connection with causal inference but also as i said unsupervised would be something like a dynamic segmentation for which would be relevant for a new product introduction for example or association you rules for assortment or shelf planning and as i mentioned so something that uh, might be there more for the future really that you would do kind of the decision-making or the order optimization uh, in an automated way with reinforcement learning. I think this is more like really the, the plan for the years ahead, but uh, definitely also nowadays, there are plenty of different use cases uh, over, all over the place. So yeah, everyone today is using it in a lot of different ways. Like you said, a lot of different forecasting, um, but I know that machine learning is kind of becoming popular as we go on. So how has it changed in the last few years before COVID? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I think it changed, of course, a lot. Um, so especially because uh, all these things became much more aware. Uh, so that means uh, if you think a few years back, I think uh, everybody thought of this more like uh, something like scientific voodoo, right? And uh, now it really goes in the direction of being uh, kind of the gold standard uh, of the industry. So that means definitely they're, they're changed a lot. So not only in the supply chain, of course, this, uh, this of course, is on the wave of the, of the general uh, public awareness of, uh, of all of artificial intelligence and especially machine learning. But of course, also in the supply chain, the, the different uh, companies realize that uh, this is not only uh, playing around with stuff anymore, but there's really value in it, right? So um, especially by realizing how much value is in the data. So as I mentioned in the beginning, so you have lots of data here, and this is actually the key to all of these uh, of all of these methods because you you learn from experience. So basically, mm -hmm. you learn from data, and uh, you have a lot here, and then usually this uh, this can be used in all different kinds of ways, as I mentioned. So it's it's both for automation. 
And this is something that the, the people realize, right? So that uh, you can actually automate a lot by it. So lots of the of the things that you needed many planners. So these people can now focus more on exceptions and strategic decisions rather than on very many tactical decisions every day, fixing of thousands of or millions of, uh, of SKUs that uh, uh, that would be predicted daily or something like that. But also in terms of realizing that there is so much uncertainty in the system. So um, mm -hmm. with all the random variables to it, so just the complexity that the system has, so that there are so many influencing factors on all the different uh, decisions so that it's very difficult for humans uh, to make this decision under this uncertainty. So this is something where we just have lots of biases in our thinking and so. So that means this makes it very difficult for, for human planners to really make uh, good decisions under all this uncertainty. And this is something where these statistical methods are just very good at. Um, and I think this um, realization uh, really came over time. Uh, re retailers haven't been the pioneers, I would say. So that means there was just the challenge that they had uh, strong competition, tight margins and so on. So that means those, those were the ones going first, I would say, but now also other companies like consumer goods manufacturers and so on followed. So that means um, you see this all over the place now. Of course, also with uh, kind of the quest for the best customer service. So in the whole digital fulfillment, if you think about the whole thing Amazon brought to the picture, of course, this, uh, uh, this also caused lots of disruption over the years. So that means uh, definitely uh, there was lots of change. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've worked in many different aspects and sectors of business, and I think all sectors when it comes to data says that there's so much data it's hard to be able to go through it all so machine learning i, I totally agree is, is one way that it's helped people fill in the gaps and and just go through all that data which a human could couldn't even possibly dream of in the time that it takes machine learning to so i know that in the obviously this past year has been quite a change with with COVID coming on the scene. And I know that COVID has sped up a lot of adoption of technology. How has this affected machine learning in the supply chain? And how is machine learning being used in the supply chain specifically for the pandemic? Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say it uh, it mainly raised awareness uh, for the needs. So I think this was uh, this was one of the things. So one one could see the the limitations of all the kind of static and rule based approaches that are in place so you you kind of feel the need for the for resilience so by means of automation and such things as i mentioned so you see that uh, it's important to have kind of uh, this end to end view and visibility so versus the siloed scope uh, that you still have uh, have in place in many cases so you really felt the weaknesses of the system, I think, um, and everybody and everybody uh, saw it, right? So it was not only the uh, uh, the companies that are that are playing in the supply chain. I think beginning of the of the crisis, everybody in the personal life, when going to the supermarket and so on, felt it, right? That uh, so this is an important thing, and it is actually a thing that is quite fragile, um, and uh, for all of the reasons that I mentioned, and I think that this awareness. Uh, really raised of course uh, to this whole thing so that means of course there were other challenges in the last years right so like the whole omni omnichannel complexity and all discussions around sustainability and so on of course this was not the only thing 
but uh, I mean, it affected the life of everybody and everybody is talking about COVID since, uh, since a full year, right, or even longer. So that means, um, of course, this had, uh, had lots of, uh, of influence. So it actually led then uh, to just lots of awareness. And um, yeah, to the question, what, how, how you to deal with that or how we dealt with that through the pandemic. Of course, one, what, what it brought into the picture is of course much more uncertainty. So that means what we saw already over the last years with all the things that the uncertainty in the system is rising. And this one was of course a, a drastic shock. So uh, clear. Um, so that means you definitely uh, had the need for even more of those uh, statistical methods because as I mentioned, it's just hard uh, for humans to deal with that. Um, and of course you had the, the need for visibility to some degree. So that means these were kind of the things that uh, you saw a lot uh, beginning of the, uh, of the crisis. Everybody wanted uh, to have tools to, uh, to really see the supply chain, see where the, uh, uh, where the shortages are and so on. So right. not necessarily directly related to machine learning, but just the, the whole data picture, right? Um, and then of course the, the adaption of, uh, of the predictions was, was important because uh, if you now really think about the machine learning predictions, so uh, think about things like demand forecasting or so, uh, so nobody could actually forecast how, uh, how the demand would behave beginning of such a crisis because you didn't saw it in the past. So the, the statistical methods definitely could not. Um, so that means to some degree, what you needed to do uh, was to have some measures in place that could uh, in kind of an online fashion uh, adapt to the, uh, uh, to the to the change trends. So basically uh, adapt the, the, the predictions with residual corrections, just adapting to the trends uh, to, to basically just bring it to the new level. So because this is actually what, uh, what was happening. So su such measures are of course not very difficult to do. So you could do this with simple exponential smoothing on, uh, on top of your predictions, for example. So such things basically helped, I think on many places to really adapt fast so after the initial shock, uh, these methods were actually quite capable of doing good predictions during, during the crisis. So I know if you think to the future, of course, um, it is not like that, that you could now predict the next crisis uh, very well. So this is of course very difficult because to generalize from one such a shock to the next one uh, is not that easy. Um, and also uh, you don't know in advance what will happen, right? So basically all of these methods rely on knowing in advance the, uh, the features for which we learned the statistical dependencies to some targets or such. And this, in this case, this is of course difficult to forecast. So this does not mean that uh, we, we are better prepared uh, to make kind of long-term forecasts for a pandemic, but for short-term forecasts to really adapt the corrections this, uh, with corrections, this is, this is quite easy, I would say. And in hindsight, of course, what you will do. So you will see in all the data sets, of course, well, we see this already, of course, uh, that this period is, especially the beginning of the COVID period uh, is kind of messed up. So that means, uh, so there you see, uh, you see the shock in, in all the data, of course. And um, so that means you, in the models that, that will be built now, uh, you definitely have to include some kind of features to explain the effects so that you can actually make use of that data. So not necessarily only for the next pandemic, but just to use that data at all. So such things are of course happening in all the models that are currently being built. Um, this you see on a day-to-day -day life, I would say for a data scientist or a machine learning engineer. Yeah, I was, 
I work a lot on the 3PL sector of our food logistics mm-hmm. magazine, and it's very interesting to see how much data and machine learning was used in the in the food side of things because yeah we all want to see prediction for demands and to know how to prepare for that but it's also so important in the food industry because food was going bad because we were you know over producing or or over ordering and then the demand would drop or change dramatically and so there was all these fluctuations in demand that machine learning can help with yeah, I mean, it's no magic, right? So in the end, you need the data uh, and you need the, the statistical methods in place that are resilient and robust to deal with something like that. And then you can to some degree. But um, of course, as I said, it's no magic uh, for the future. Um, it is kind of a thing that will help you uh, in such situations. But of course, it will not pred- predict perfectly uh, such shocks. So this is just not possible. Mm-hmm. Well, so we all know that machine learning and data is used for demand predictions like we were talking about and analytics and things like that. But there are, are there any ways that machine learning could be used that isn't as quite as popular in the supply chain right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned that before. So, uh, so what, what you, if you think, let, let's stick to that example with the demand prediction. So if you think of that, uh, what you often see is you're basically predicting their number. So that means uh, you're predicting the sales in a, uh, in a store for a product in a few days uh, as kind of a number 5.4 or something like that, right? Uh, but actually what you, what you needed to predict uh, is uh, full distributions, so probability distributions, because again, uh, the, I think the crucial ingredient of this whole system is the all the uncertainty that is in. Because of all the complexity and the randomness that you have in there, uh, you actually need to adapt much more such probabilistic methods. So really uh, go into Bayesian approaches and so on, have uh, full distributions, and then you do your decision making on top of that. I think this is really something that uh, that is still missing um, in, in many places. And then if you think about uh, the automation that I mentioned before, so um, still we, we use the forecast often just as forecasts. Uh, but actually what you should do, uh, I think, is you should do this automated decision making on top of it. So really on the tactical level, I mean, so that means uh, that the human can actually focus on the strategic decisions and the exceptions and so on. And to do that, I think there are several things that um, a bit of a mind shift is, I think, necessary. So if you think of more the traditional approaches uh, in time series forecasting or so on, or in all kind of forecasting methods, you wanted to control the algorithms quite a bit. So think about the expert systems and you basically change the factors of your models and so on. So I think that needs to be a mind shift to go more into uh, maintaining the data. So because this is absolutely crucial so that you have the data uh, correct and uh, everything fine. This has a huge impact uh, on the outcome of the methods. And you basically let this go and let the, uh, let the machine do all of these, uh, of these uh, low level parameter optimization and so on. So of course this requires uh, things like uh, trust. So that means you need to have explainable algorithms, uh, no black box AI if you want, uh, you need to include kind of the causal structure of the system and all these kind of things. Uh, you, you actually have to have in place to help the, the people make this mind shift. Uh, but uh, if you have it, then the next thing is, of course, that uh, uh, you need to put somehow your, your machine learning methods in production. I think this is something that I still see often 
So you have them kind of uh, in uh, Jupyter notebooks or something uh, in R or in MATLAB and uh, the methods are not really used uh, for, for the actual decision-making, but more like uh, for some insights and yeah, basically staying in the lab or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, but you actually need to put them in production. So that means really data scientists need to deploy to production is uh, uh, what I usually, uh, what I usually uh, say. And this needs things like uh, methods from, from the DevOps movement, from data engineering, it needs proper data APIs and all these things. Uh, but without that, I think um, there's, there's lots of uh, unused potential still because you really use them on for exploratory data analysis a lot and such things in the companies. Uh, but actually using them in, in automated decision-making is still relatively low. And the main reason I think is, uh, is the technical nature because it's quite difficult to run uh, such machine learning models in production. So it, it needs lots of, uh, lots of technical efforts and good engineering to do so. And this needs to come together, I think, to some degree. Mm -hmm. Well, that is all the time I have for today, but I'm, I'm really excited to hear about all where the machine learning is going and how we can use it. And I absolutely agree, it needs to be more brought into the actual process uh, and into the company for decision-making, for real decision-making. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And as I said, so the future, I think, is quite nice. So if you think of uh, uh, the way it goes into autonomous supply chain, such things, I think this is uh, pretty cool. So it will be at some point, hopefully, a non-zero sum game, right? Minimization of really system-wide costs, mm -hmm. maybe something like a multi-agent reinforcement learning thing uh, with uh, really collaborative agents to unify the supply chain. Such things would be, uh, would be of course, very cool. Um, I think this would be something that I think um, we could uh, achieve at some point with the help of machine learning, but not only, of course. So it needs it needs the mind shift of the people and um, the awareness of uh, of this whole movement, of course, around uh, data and uh, engineering bringing together with all these statistical methods. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much again. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, thank you so much for listening to today's episode and tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Next week, we have more on the different technologies in the supply chain. You can always follow me on Twitter at Brielle for more of what's happening in the supply chain. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, and Google Playlist apps so you never miss an episode.